Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, fire knife dancing and the best ad jingles. As a mindset, when I'm on stage, I don't even look at it as a stage. I look at it as a battlefield. And the audience is the enemy. My whole face caught on fire. And I was left with like third and second degree burns like all over the place. I look at the, the knife as a dance partner and both of you have to work equally to create something. It's not just the knife's just dancing. It's not just you just dancing. It's both of you that's dancing that works in harmony. You're not just holding the knife. You're holding the country of Samoa in your hands and how you represent it. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe. Leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps out the show. If you're a new listener, thanks so much for joining us. If you're a longtime listener, we really appreciate the support. So our first guest is one of the best fire knife dancers in the world. But that is a title that has come at a cost. Because just a few years ago, he was injured so badly Doctors told him he should never perform again. This is Fire Knife dancer Lopati Liasso. When I first look at this, it looks dangerous. Is it dangerous? Oh, yes. Um, I used to post my injuries all the time. Um, not as a bragging right, but it's just like uh, just another day at the office type of thing. But uh, back in 2019, in February was probably like my worst accident ever. And that's my whole face caught on fire. And I was left with like third and second degree burns, like all over the place in my, on my lips, in my nose, my ears, my fingers were all messed up. Everything else has been like burns here, burns, air cuts here, really nothing broken hand and stuff like that. So it's not even one of those things that like, it looks dangerous, but in reality, like, it's not really dangerous. This is like, oh, you really got to know what you're doing. It's no, it's extremely dangerous. Even just practicing just normal. I've had um, injuries just doing that with fractured fingers and stuff. Um, because the thing we're spinning, it's not like a torch or a baton or anything. It's an actual blade at the end. Um, that's a knife. Kind of starting at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right, like, how did you get into this? It was just something my parents just kind of threw me in when I was little. I was kind of just that that little brother watching his sister um, do her hula classes and stuff, just sitting there all bored and stuff, being a drag along. And they kind of just gave me something to do and said, like, there's a thing called fire knife dancing and stuff, and maybe you can learn how to do it. And so I was just teaching myself how to do it because I was given to – I'm going to sound really old right now um, of um, a tape for a VCR. Oh yeah. Like a VHS tape. Yes. VHS. VHS yes. Yeah. Tape. Yeah. Like that's back in the day where you don't even remember what they're called anymore. Right. I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was given um, a videotape of the, uh, one of the biggest luau shows in Laie called the Polynesian culture center at the night show. Um, and I was just trying to mimic the guy on the videotape. But um, I finally got a teacher when I was about 12 years old in uh, Moina Park um, in Los uh, California. And I started from scratch from there and kind of just went on from there. And I was learning from my teacher, um, Uncle Mel Liu Fao, from the age of 13 to 16. Is it that hard of a thing to master where it takes that many years to really get good at it? It, it really depends on the person, I believe. And there is some that are just gifted that they can just pick it up like that. And those are the people I'm just like, get out of my face. It took me years to learn to do, how to do that. But um, it really does depend on the person. But um, it takes a lot of heart and dedication and years to perfect it. And it doesn't matter how professional you get or how great you get you you will always get hurt for people who are maybe familiar what is this basically like when fire how would you define fire knife dancing just to give a little background on what this is this um fire knife dancing comes from the islands of samoa 
And back in the olden days, this was a war club made out of wood um, carved from a tree. And it was a war club. So when people went into battle with different villages, um, they used a war club to destroy their opponents. And at the end was a hook, hook shape. And the reason for that was to just kind of like cut them wherever they can get and whatnot and, you know, grab their legs and pull it um, using this war club. And what they used to do is they used to walk back to their villages with the heads hanging from their hook of the enemies that they just destroyed. And they go back to their villages and do this thing called the Ailao, which is a spinning twirling of the knife or the war club. And the way they were dancing with their war club, their um, Nifo Oti, is how they would demonstrate how they won their um, their battles. Versus today, how we we still want that same mindset when we dance on the stage, but we're also entertaining as well with traditional and modern movements. And this is what we dance with. So this is the hook. This is what modern looks like. This is when uh, metal was introduced to the islands. But back in the olden days, this was a wooden, big, fat wooden club with a hook on the end. But this is metal, and this is what we use today to spin. So they use this hook to grab their enemies wherever they can, hang the heads on the hook, and walk back to the villages and dance with them to celebrate and to demonstrate how they won their battle. So the... For people who are maybe just listening to the only audio version of it, it basically looks like a long wooden spoon with a fish hook on the end. I mean, to kind of just create a mental picture, I guess. So then the knife part is really just that hook, right? Yeah, that's the only knife part. Um, the other arc, um, end, we call it the butt end. And that's this end right here that's also on fire. Um, but yeah, it's a big, long handle with a big blade knife at the end because we used to carve these out of machetes so that was a traditional weapon but they would just use the hook part why why wasn't the rest of it like well the other part were used too to smack over somebody's head the hook was just used to just grab like get a grip on somebody so when did they decide to start lighting it on fire so kind of fast forwarding through things um all the violence and war stopped between islands when um, Christianity came around and was introduced to the islands. And it took a man named Freddy Latuli um, from American Samoa who came over to the U.S. in San Francisco. And he got the idea back in 1946. He got the idea when he saw a baton twirler and a Hindu fire breather or eater at a talent show. Because back in those days, in the 1940s, they were just spinning just a knife, no fire, just the blade itself, to, and show how dangerous it was and whatnot. But he got the idea from watching these other acts. And so that, I believe it was that night that he decided to just grab towel, whatever fuel he can find, and attach it to his knife and light it up. And, that, and the rest is history, pretty much. If you can show me that again, like, like, how are you keeping it on fire? Like, how does it, how does it work? So, what, is, what is it made out of? So a lot of people use different things. Some use towels. Some use Cavalar. This is what we call soundboard, oddly enough. And you can get this at Home Depot or uh, Lowe's, depending what your taste is for, for hardware stores. And there's wire right here that we wire it in. And this is, we cut it to this shape to our liking. To match the blade and the other end is kind of it's it's out of the same material we just cut it differently into cir circles we call them donuts is this still a mainstay in a lot of cultures oh yeah um because of the men um freddie latuli the latuli family um this has gone i think probably even more than they expected to where it's in the lion king show at Orlando, Florida, um, the Animal Kingdom. It's in Cirque du Soleil. It's it's been in commercials and stuff like that. Um, I've I've had the honor and privilege to share it with the world as well with um, with TV shows and the news and stuff like that and documentaries. So this has been passed around um, a lot 
is it a dance? Is it a performance? Is it a martial art? Like what what kind of category would it fit into, I guess? I would say all of the above because it it's it's a martial arts and it, it is a dance. It's a war dance too. The thing that like look, I'm not familiar intimately with with this thought, but it necessarily like I always think of the haka or the is it haka haka? Yes, haka. Yes, haka. haka. Okay. The problem is I've been watching. I don't know if you know what One Piece is, but I've been watching One Piece and it's hockey, and so I'm I'm always like, oh wait, no wait. So now does that does this go along with the haka, or are those um, two completely different things? So those are from two different islands. Um, um, Fire knife dancing is from Samoa, and then haka is from Aotearoa, New Zealand. Um, but it's in a way it's kind of the same. It is a war dance. And haka was originally used to do um, to intimidate their opponents to show, hey, this is what we're going to do to you. This is how we're going to destroy you. And if they brought fear into their opponent, the battle would not actually happen. But haka back then was to express warfare and what they were going to do to their opponent and how they were going to defeat them. Were you any good before you got a teacher? Or were you like... <laughs> good, good in my eyes. <laughs> In my mom's eyes too. <laughs> so that sounds like a real life no, <laughs> right? Like no. It's it's a it's a soft no. <laughs> it's like, well, I was improving. Let's put yes. it that way. <laughs> it was in the it was in the latter stages of my journey. <laughs> so then, like, what is it? Are there certain moves that you do, or is it just kind of you're just expressing yourself how you express yourself? Um, we do have set routines for those of us that um want routines. There's people that freestyle, but um, when you enter like competition stuff, we all have set routines. There, there is certain moves that are that you have to do that are um required when you compete and whatnot, and that's pretty much the just the um traditional stuff, the traditional moves, old school moves from the OGs back in the day, and how you dance and body language with your um uh, stomping of the feet getting real loud and stuff like that, showing that warrior spirit um, when you're on stage as you were in a battle. So for me personally, as a mindset, when I'm on stage, I don't even look at it as a stage. I look at it as a battlefield and the audience is the enemy. And my best way is to get that showmanship and that warrior spirit out to bring this character alive. And it, in a way it is expressing myself through joy and love and passion for what i do and like hey this i'm here i'm gonna i'm about to show you guys how much i love and respect this dance the some of the like the traditional moves going around the neck and stuff like that um spinning it under the legs over the wrist tossing it catching it behind the back you know just along with body language and motion because um i look at the the knife as a dance partner and both of you have to work equally to create something. It's not just the knife's just dancing. It's not just you just dancing. It's both of you that's dancing that works in harmony. So when you're moving with, you have to move with the blade to create the illusion to make even the most simplest moves look very difficult in like that wow factor. Is it physically demanding? Like what, what do you need to be good at it, I guess? What makes you um, good at it? I would say it is, it takes, it does take a lot of endurance and cardio for sure. You need to be healthy because if you're not that healthy and you're spading this thing at lightning speed, your heart's going to be pumping like crazy and stuff and where you feel like you're going to have a heart attack or something. I would imagine coordination is fairly, like, are you a fairly coordinated person, like more than other people? I would say so, but sometimes I'm not too coordinated. It's the weirdest thing. Like I can, I have balance, but then I don't at times at the most random times. I don't have good balance, but yeah, I'm pretty coordinated. I, it has given me good reflex and stuff. And I can see like stuff in the corner of my eyes, let alone. I don't really have the best vision, but side vision I have because there's sometimes we have to toss it and catch it where we're spinning two at the same time where our focus is at this angle but we have a knife over here that's spinning too. So we have to have that side vision to know when to catch it. I was 14 years old. 
back in 2006, I competed in my first competition in Anaheim. Did you do well right away or was it a real struggle? I did well in my eyes. <laughs> okay. And my, um, I mean, it was my first competition and I was competing against kids that were doing it like when they were in diapers. Like right when they came out of the wound, they were already given like a stick and knife to play with. <laughs> I was a late bloomer. Late bloomer? But when, yeah. did, when would you say that you like, oh, I'm, I'm really, when did you figure out that like, oh, I'm really good at this? I would probably say when people started actually noticing it because I'm not someone myself. And so get receiving that respect from the main people, the Samoan culture and stuff like that. It really kind of like, hey, like I'm actually good enough to get the respect and to be noticed and be recognized to actually be treated as one of them and to be adopted by the culture. To where I end up adopting the culture. As you were go going kind of through the competitions, was the fact that like you weren't Samoan, did that ever hold you back? Did people kind of like, oh, well, this guy's he's not it, one of us, so to speak. You 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 I mean, um, I don't want to talk bad about some Samoan people, but I'd say around the world, anywhere, you'll you'll get those few people that are very discouraging and stuff. But for me, like I kind of feed off of that. It's what gives me that push, like, you know, just sit back, keep your comments to yourself for a bit and just watch. I'll, I'll get there. Now, is this, can you make a full-time living off of it? Can people you, do you, that? You can, but it takes a certain person, um, dancer to be able to make a living off of this. Um, and that's, those are the ones that are really passionate about it and are driven and just, don't ever even see themselves retiring to work at shows for like Cirque du Soleil, um, the Lion King show in Orlando, Florida, um, the other Luau show in, in, um, at Disney World at the Polynesian Resort to the big name Luau's in, on the islands and stuff. Now, is that kind of your goal or is that? Um, it is my goal. Um not because yeah it, it's it's a good paycheck it good it helps pay bills but it's mostly like i don't see myself stopping doing this at all i'll i'll take this to my grave or my ashes whatever happens to me but um yeah i i really want to do this full time and that's what drives me um even more to work harder than last time is to just keep working at it my 5 minute google search may be wrong but now are you a national champion? You won a big championships, or you got first place or second place. Correct. Fill in the record for me that I'm missing. Um, if it says I won champion, thank you, Google. That's very sweet of you. Um, but no, I I have not won a championship yet. Um, if if that's God's will for me to win a championship, then let it be. If it's not, then I'm fine with that. What was your most recent placing? I took. I went to the Polish Culture Center this year to compete at Worlds after being asked to do it for like over a decade or so to compete at Worlds where all the top hard hitters go. Um, and I finally decided to compete there because I'm not getting any younger and it's something I wanted to do. So I competed there for the first time and I took home uh, second place, first runner up. What makes you better than some of the people that you placed ahead of? What What did the person who won do that you did it? In all honesty, I don't, I don't really know because I wasn't even expecting to even make it to the next round. I even had plans with my girlfriend and my my brother Kapoor that um, we were just going to hang out the next day because I was like, I'm not going to make it to the next round. Let's plan to do stuff while we're on the island and stuff. And then I made it. And so I'm, it hasn't even hit me from this day that I even took home second place. And this happened in May this year. It, it just hasn't hit me yet because it's been such a dream and a vision of mine to even have my feet touch that stage that it's still not real to me. You going to go back again, 2023? That's the plan. I know a lot of people are, are expecting me to, and the pressure's on now, but yeah. 
it all comes down to how this person actually represents what someone's all about um, and how you handle that knife because you're not just holding the knife you're holding the country of Samoa in your hands and how you represent it um there's some people that are just it's it's sometimes too baton looking twirling where it's just a bunch of fancy tricks versus the guy who's more old school and modern so he has that mix up and it looks nice but from my what i notice is what stands out is when somebody is actually different from all the other competitors is when um his his style is a lot different it it stands out in a good way in a positive way that makes sense right it can't just be like looking like somebody's just twirling a baton it's got to look like oh this person could fuck you up right it's got to be like a warrior spirit to it yeah and he, then he's the backstage guy then he's like the sweetest guy ever helping everybody out with their costuming and all that stuff and everything and whatnot but yeah it's it's usually the meanest most humblest um unique person I, i've noticed from a champion are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions go for it what happens more do you get cut or burned burned because even so sometimes we'll even burn ourselves on purpose. Why are you burning yourself on purpose? It looks cool, but no, like um, it it it's well, it's like a cloud pleaser. So you know, I don't know if you've seen the dance already, but we put the fire on our tongue and then we light the other side on fire. Some people like to hold that fire on their tongue for as long as they can, because it looks impressive. Or we put the fire on our feet and try to hold it there as long as we can, or on our hand. Because it looks impressive, like wow, this guy's holding the fire on his hand for so long. Like, like, isn't he feeling any pain? And it's like, yes, we are, but we're used to it. Do you do anything to protect your skin, or is it just kind of like man, you just gotta like what pro protective elements? I guess do you use? Uh, none. I we don't use any. If anything, if I had to guess myself personally probably others is we just pray before we go um when we uh before we start our dance and pray for that no one else gets hurt too do people get injured though or do they just get hurt right like i i know i think people understand the difference like oh getting an injury is like all right that's serious getting hurt you're like all right that just hurts well it's both because we get hurt but the serious injuries where people have gotten hooks through their hand that come out the other side in their leg and stuff like that um like i said i've i've just i've burned my whole face before where i was out for a few weeks and i've sliced my leg open before where i had to get stitches and i've even broken this hand um dancing too so there is a lot of risks involved i would imagine you learn how to do it before you set it on fire or do you learn how to yeah. do it while it's on fire no well i was uh i would say i was kind of rushing it like once i just learned how to spin i i did set it on fire and stuff but it was a little bit more safe because i was doing more safer moves the more experience you get more technical you get the dangerous it will become easy move that looks hard hard move that looks easy um when you do a simple move, but you make it look hard is when it falls into the whole category of having body language and your stance to look like a warrior and how fast you're spinning it versus somebody who's probably doing a move that's a fancy trick, but he's just standing there doing it. N nothing, no body language. It's just dead to where like, yeah, I know how he did that. Versus a guy who's doing a stomp and stuff where he has to look coordinated, where he's dancing with the knife. It's like, and you're, I'm more wild about that than fancy tricks. Is everybody pretty much doing the same things? Like, is there only so many things that you can do with it? Or does every, every once in a while somebody breaks out like, oh, I've never even seen this. Yeah, you, you, you will get those people. It's like, I can't believe I didn't think about that. You'll get that one guy who's very creative and whatnot. Um, but most most of the time, a lot of us do do the same thing. It kind of comes down to how he transitions from one move to the next, how smooth it looks, how creative it looks, how the warrior is moving with the knife and stuff like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense, right? Like it's uh, style. That all takes accountability as well.
is how you look physically and costume wise. You know, like other sports or other things that are kind of physically based, right? Is this something that you can only do it for so long? The OGs that I've seen today um, that spin um, obviously can't spin as they used to, but they still they still dance to some degree. And if they don't, they teach it. They teach it. They pass down their teachings to their students and stuff. But there is some out there that have been dancing this before I was even born that are still doing this and even running their own luau shows and stuff. What end, when you get burned, what end do you usually get burned by? The pointy end or the non-pointy end? Um, it, it can be a mixture of both. It's most likely where the blade is at because when you spin the knife, you have to spin it a certain way. You have to always have the knife facing up. You can never have it facing down because again, this is a weapon. And so when you're holding a weapon, you have to hold the weapon right side up. It's almost like you want to be pointing a gun with the with the gun facing you. You would have it facing the your enemy. So when you toss it and catch it, you have to catch it with the blade up. Um, there's probably like ten percent where the knife will be upside down, but that's when you're going into a transition where the knife um, goes um, facing right side up at the end of the uh, move. But yeah, it would mostly be the blade end where we get burned because that's the side that's up the most. Who is is there a like who's the Michael Jordan slash LeBron James of this? Is there somebody that's universally like, oh, that's the best ever? There is there is a guy. Um if you I'm pretty sure even if you ask Google who's the best fire knife dancer in the world, I guarantee he'll pop up. His name is Mika Ale Aloha. Um he lives right on the islands. And he is a five-time world champion, which is the record for Fire Knife champions. Uh, I I believe all competitions altogether, he's probably won 18 of them, 18 or 19. Um, and he runs a school called Mangamu um, in Hawaii. What makes him so much better than everybody else? Um, it's It's his style and how he presents himself. Um, he's created a lot of moves that are not too outside of fire knife dancing, but he's created a lot of moves that people are doing now today to, I wouldn't say copy him, but like they, they've done his moves and put them in their own routines and stuff. Um, but he's created and introduced a lot of moves that a lot of us do today. Are you working on anything new now that? to bring to competition next year? Um, that's the, um, so usually after competitions, I, I brainstorm, I get all these ideas and stuff like that. It's like, Oh shoot, I should have done this and that and whatnot. Um, this year it's been kind of challenging because I want to say I reached my limit because the sky's the limit, but, um, it's been a little bit more difficult to come up with something different because you can't come back doing the same thing as you did the year before because then someone else has done that so you have to kind of like find out what you can do differently if it's spinning the knife faster if you're bending lower getting to a lower squat dancing more like a warrior um, or coming up with a transition um, doing a transition that no one's not seen before or never thought of um, but I do have some a few new moves that are that are in the works along with how i present myself on stage that's more of a warrior like best depiction of this in a movie or tv show i know there's been a few movies out there with fire knife dancers um slash tv shows uh but there's it's always a small clip because they're the they're just the background people one i i do remember in particularly was the um it was it was a movie with Adam Sandler in it. And like first dates. No, said... no, it was um, it was bedtime stories. I think it was called. Oh, okay, okay, and, okay. And there's a luau scene, and a friend of mine was in the movie called Micah, and he was just spinning the knife in the background. And I think somebody pushed him in the pool. It was one of the main characters who just shoved him out of the way and then the fine knife dancer went into the pool and whatnot. But 
he's one of the ones that um you know he was doing it right but most likely they're not going to hire somebody who does not know what they're doing i've done a tv disney tv show called austin alley and it was just like a camera just passing by me you can hardly tell what i'm even doing do you have a hard time getting health insurance <sighs> i know pop a lot of people probably think i'm like a, a regular at the hospital where i'm just like a normal customer where i I get my card and they just punch it, stamp it. Like, okay, you're almost to your free uh, McFlurry right here. So, <laughs> right. Uh, but no, the only time I've ever visited the hospital was for my face. And uh, when I uh, stabbed my eyeball with the knife as well. What was the doctor's reaction when you told him like, what were you doing? Like, well, this is what I was doing. <sighs> he was wondering what happened. Um. And we explained to him what, what I do and what, what happened. And then he's just like, oh, okay. I think he was more stunned about when I asked him right afterwards, like, um, when do you think I can go back to dancing, to working again? And he just looked at me like I'm crazy. And he was just like, I think you need to find something else to do because um, we don't know how you'll recover from this. And I kind of just chuckled a little bit because it's like, this doctor has no idea who I am. That stopping is not an option. How bad was it? Um, I look like I. Pro I would say I probably look like Deadpool with his mask off. I don't know if anybody knows what that looks like, uh, or like Dark Vader uh, when his face was all messed up. Um, but pretty much everything it was just it was all gone. The only thing that were not touched were my eyeballs. How did it happen? Um, I was trying something new and it just didn't work out the way I planned it to be. <laughs> like the knife just hit you in the face or the fire came up and it caught was, your hair? It was, it was all the fuel, all the gasoline that kind of just sprayed all over my face mixed with the fire at the same time. And so like I ended up um, setting my face on fire, but it just happened in my front yard. It didn't happen at a gig, so I didn't even get paid for it. Um, but I had all my friends there. Um, so they were able to put me out. Man, I bet that hurt. Damn, I bet the burns hurt. It it did because I didn't even take painkillers or anything, too. That's pretty much um all the questions that I have, man. Is there anything else that you think that we missed or anything like that? Um, I don't think so. Um, I think that pretty much sums it up. I want to thank Lapati so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we have linked to him on our social media sites. We're profoundly pointless on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And we've also included his information in the episode description. His Instagram is full with some of the performances that he has done. And it is, it's really impressive to see. So real quick, I want to tell you about a podcast that we recently discovered. And if you're looking for an excellent philosophy podcast, this could be the show for you. It's called The Partially Examined Life, and it's a philosophy podcast by four guys who at one point thought they were going to do philosophy for a living. And in each episode, what they do is they pick a text and they chat about it with a great balance between insight and flippancy. You don't have to know anything about philosophy or have even read the books or the texts that they're talking about to really enjoy the perspective of this podcast. They've got a 13-year-plus catalog of episodes, so there is definitely something for everybody on the partially examined life. What I think they do so well is they go deep into the history of philosophy while also making it relatable and funny. So join the over 45 million people who have already downloaded The Partially Examined Life. You can find new episodes wherever you stream your podcasts or at partiallyexaminedlife.com. Okay, now let's bring in John Shaw and get to the pointless part of the show. On a scale of 1 to 10, how manly of a man do you feel like you are? I'd go a six, a seven. That's what I was going to say. I would rate myself as about a six or a seven. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I'm probably a ten. I mean, I do all the things that you're supposed to do. 
Yeah, but you don't have a job that or a hobby that's like putting you in danger. I feel like that's the reason that we aren't higher on that list. But is that stupidity? Is that just is that not having a smart hobby? That's what makes a man a man. You have to have a certain amount of recklessness in there, I feel like. You got to have some recklessness and adventure. And we are lacking that, which is why we are not men's men. We're like slight men. I mean, I don't I don't think that you have to have a be a logger to be a man. I mean, what if a, what if a real man's man is somebody who can uh, take care of a woman? Make her feel special. You may be a man's man in a lot of people's eyes, but you're not a man's man when you go over to like the oil rig worker convention. My side argument to that would be do you think that those men look at maybe somebody who is a, a 5 or a 6 and sometimes go, I wish I was more in touch with my other side. I think you have to have, to be a man's man, I think you have to have a slightly risky slash dangerous job or hobby. And we don't really have that. I drive to work every day. Sometimes I don't stop at the stop sign. Does that make me dangerous? <laughs> reckless. That's all you needed. Okay. Sorry, reckless. reckless. I'll give you a seven. But I still feel like I'm probably a six. I have a pimple the size of the Empire State Building on my bottom lip right now. Does that make me reckless? I wasn't going to bring it up, but that is one heck of a pimple. According to my wife, it's been brewing for days, but it just just surfaced this morning. Does it hurt? Is it a face hurter? Uh, no, but because, but because at a young age, I learned to, you know, when you have a pimple or a bruise or something, you just basically push in on it. Like and just take away the pain. Now I don't. I don't really feel the pain at all. Is that the worst place to have a pimple? For people who are only seeing, like, or only listening to the audio version of this, John has a pimple in his lip, like right on his lip, in that kind of location. We're like, oh, you got to stop showing it, dude. You got to like. I really thought that we were done with pimples at twenty-five. I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna say that mine are from stress, but you know, then again, you know, who knows? I guess. Who knows what they're from? Do you think that's, well, I mean, you don't want to have a pimple on your lip like that and be like, I don't know where it's from. You have to be very clear <laughs> that this is a pimple. Yeah. You have to be very, very specific about that. And no one yeah, really no. believes you. Like, oh, it's a pimple, is it? <laughs> on your lip? Hmm. Man, I, 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 I like cleaning my camera and like everything's crystal now. See, this is also why I don't feel like a man's man. I don't have any cuts on my body right now. I feel like to be a man's man, you got to have some kind of cut and or bruise or injury on your body at all times. And I don't have that. What, what about this? When you weed whack, do you cut your leg up a little bit? Of course. Okay, then you're then you're. A I man draw. Man. I don't go outside and mow the lawn and weed whack without drawing blood. <laughs> then you're a man's man. Then you're automatically an eight. Like, <laughs> like I gotta tell you, uh, a criteria for me would be if someone's broken a bone. Like, if you tell me you've never broken a bone before in your life, first I commend you, and then I immediately think that person probably hasn't done anything risky or put themselves in a risky setting to to break a bone are are you shrinking are you shrinking as you get older everybody does it's not just me you actually shrink throughout the day did you know that not much no. but you probably shrink by like a quarter to a half an inch throughout the day well anyways all right let's give some shout outs shall we uh we'll start here with uh uh diego herrera lakeisha middleton uh logan watts Rory Harbor. I really like the name Rory. And I'm I not do really too. Sure why. It's an, it's one of those names that jumps out at you. I really like the um, uh, classic, the traditional names, but are slightly different. We're in that phase. Like those are good names. Rory. Rory. It's a good name. Uh, Sean McComb. Burton Trask. There's another, like another solid name. Uh, you know, Burton. Burton's a cool first name. Uh, Shashi Shretri, Ryan Gallagher, Joshua Ebel, and Rodriguez Eddie. Y'all get the shout outs of the week. 
I'm going to go ahead and say that if I was to rank names of people that I know, I know more Johns and then probably Ryans come in second. And I know a lot of Kevins too. John, Ryan, and then Kevin are probably the people that I know the most. I know a lot of Mikes, Nicks. Know a lot of Alexes. I don't know any Mikes or Alexes. No, I can think of one. One Mike. (laughs) Uh, David. I know a lot of Davids. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of Davids. Yeah. David versus Goliath. All right. uh, Well, let's get to uh, some bangers that i have for you uh (laughs) i don't even know where i came up with this question it made sense when i wrote it down so we'll see if if you agree with me or or what you think what is the best kind of processed pork product bologna salami or hot dogs hot dogs come on now Mm. hot dogs other ones may taste better, but the utility and the ubiquitousness of hot dogs makes them automatically whoa, the number one. Whoa! Yeah, I hit you. I'm with, out. I hit you with two big U words. Ubiquitous. That I, starts with a U, right? Yeah. Wow. Ubiquitous. Right. Utility. Well, you're, ubiquitous. And utilization of hot dogs. Hot dogs, easily number one there. Salami is going to be second because it's basically just a classier bologna. Bologna's last. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually looking up to make sure that salami is indeed pork, which I'm, I'm quite sure it is. But I, I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm correct. I. That's another uh, reason yeah. that I wouldn't say that I'm a man's man. I don't really have a good knowledge of meat products. Oh, oh but you do. I had. I spent forty dollars at Taco Bell. Introduced my boys to Taco Bell. Never been I'm so s- excited. Forty dollars I spent at Taco Bell, and you gave me shit when I told you the you know the the other the other I don't know months ago uh, of my sixty dollar bill between three adult men. Yeah, you spent forty dollars between you and two kids, right? But that's twenty dollars less than you did. So I spent forty dollars between three people. Actually, it was thirty five ninety nine, and you spent sixty dollars between three people. That's twenty dollars each, and. I had had a bunch of edibles and got it on Taco Bell delivery gift certificate. I was pretty excited about that. Do you know how amazing it is to be high and slightly drunk and have $40 worth of Taco Bell show up at your house? It's fucking incredible. I don't know about having it show up, but I, I know about getting it in that, in that state. That's for sure. There's no, no, rest, no fast food restaurant creates more excitement than Taco Bell. Like, oh, I'm going to have some Taco Bell. Mm, the dollar menu burgers from like Wendy's or Burger King or McDonald's can, there's a spot for those too. But yeah, Taco Bell is by far, yeah, by far the best. Yeah. It's tough to compete with it. Okay. What did you find out about <laughs> salami? Is it a pork product? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a sausage, mm. cured sausage. So, okay. Uh, exactly. Didn't you what, once eat a four pound sausage in 20 minutes? <laughs> and that's why my heart's giving out. But yes, yeah. um, <laughs> you better carry yourself. My biggest claim to fame is I did a White Castle's Crave Case in eleven minutes and twenty three seconds. Now, a Crave Case is what? Thirty hamburgers, thirty sliders from White Castle. What is the average man? How many does the average man can? How many can the average man eat? No, I mean, you, have you ever had White Castle? No, I actually have not. Oh. Uh, I mean, I, probably between 6 and 10. Okay. Over a sitting. And I would probably even argue that it's probably more like 4 to 8 for people who give a shit about their bodies. What is the best breakfast food? Sausage, eggs, pancakes. Eggs. Eggs is the most util- – you can do the most with eggs, right? You can have eggs as a side. You can have eggs as the main. You can put eggs in a sandwich. You can put eggs in a burrito. You can do all kinds of different things. You can have different kinds of eggs. You, you can't touch the utility of eggs with any other kind of thing. Like, hey, you got pancake batter. Okay, well, I guess I'm making pancakes. It's not like you can make 15 different things with pancake batter. 
Waffles are just waffles. Sausage is a side at best. It goes along with eggs or pancakes. It's not a competition. It's eggs 100%. It's honestly a ridiculous question. Mm. I don't know. I would argue that bacon or sausage is better than eggs. It's a side. On any given basis. It's a side. But it's a side. Right? Nobody mm. just said, hey, you want a side? Nobody has a plate of bacon. It's a side of bacon. Eggs and bacon. <laughs> it's not bacon and eggs. It's eggs and bacon. That is true. Eggs always come first. Eggs always come first. Now, the only time they don't is when you have steak and eggs, which is understandable why eggs would go second to steak. But otherwise, it's always eggs and. I mean, listen, you're, you're from Kansas, right? You've, you've had sex with a couple of sheep. Have you ever had eggs and steak before? Steak and eggs? Yeah, I'm sure I have. You know what I would get? Biscuits and gravy. Oh, that's a heart attack. It's yeah, I've made those even in a, a few instances. I don't even think you're legally allowed to order those once you pass like 25 because they're like, this is a health hazard for you. You can't have this, sir. <laughs> There's just like the the eye test, right? Like, yeah, that dude should not be having That dude shouldn't be having You can't, son, you can't have biscuits and gravy. Like, oh, you've had enough. I know. That's funny. Uh, all right. Well, let's see what uh, what the people chose this week here. Actually, I haven't looked in quite a while, so. Oh, boy. All right. Well, here were the choices this week. Uh, it was Elon Musk taking over Twitter, which did not win. Uh, Daylight Savings Time, which is, I understand now, as this is, you know, one of the first days of us going, you know, setting our clocks back, why I think I'd be in favor of removing it, but I guess we won't talk about that. Uh, Powerball being $2 billion and what we do if we won, which neither of us will. But the winner uh, with 36% of the votes is uh, Aaron Carter passing away. I mean, he's 34 years old. If you don't know who he is, uh, he's, I guess my first question would be, was he known more as the brother of somebody famous or did like Aaron Carter have his own following? I think that initially he was known as the brother of one of the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC. I think it's Backstreet. But he was originally known as the brother. Then I would make an argument that he became arguably more famous but for the wrong reasons. He mm. became more famous, I think, than his brother but mainly because of like his struggles with addiction. And it sounds like that's probably the reason that he went. Man, there's something about yeah. being famous early that that just does not work out well for people. I mean, there's time after time that, right, you see, I mean, name me one childhood star that didn't have some kind of controversy. I mean, they've all have, I'm sure there's one for somebody out there that's like, oh, there's so-and-so, but like mega superstar? I'm not sure. I think the only one was the kid, I don't remember which one it is, but it's like he became a famous director. I think it's like Ron Howard was a big time famous. Oh. Opie. Kid. Yeah. Opie. He was a famous, he was big time famous when he was young and then seemed to like handle that well later in life. You could argue some, some people it's too early though for all the kind of Disney stars. I think it's still too early to tell for some of them. I mean, Bieber's nuts. Miley Cyrus is nuts. Jonas Brothers. I don't even know enough about them to comment. Uh, Could you see. name all three Jonas Brothers? No, I can only name two out of the three. Which ones can you name? Uh, Nick and Joe. Who's the other one? I don't know. Lucas, just, maybe? Just take a guess. Take a, Let's both take guesses. Don't look it up. Who do you think is the third? I'm going to go with a Zach. Zach. <laughs> mm, I feel like Dave. David. Okay, give me your backup guess. Mm, uh, Ryan Jonas? I'm going to go with Lucas. I, I said Luke earlier. Wait a minute. Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. you knew that uh -oh. Kevin, as soon as they named him Kevin, they knew that, like, <laughs> Kevin is always the least successful of any brother tandem. Like, I'm I'm quite positive that Nick is the most famous one. I've never even heard of Kevin. Poor Kevin. 
Poor Kevin. I'm sure he's really not poor. He's probably one not. of them's married to the girl from Game of Thrones. Great. Proud of him. All right. Are I you, also uh, I also don't don't know how we got from Aaron Carter dying to the Jonas brothers. But it's it's a weird connected tree, I guess. Okay. All right. Are you ready for our top five? Yeah, let's uh, let's bring the mood up a little bit here, shall we? All right, so our top five is top five ad jingles. It's your number five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my number five, Lucky Charms. They're magically delicious. That's pretty... Mm, okay. I've got them a little bit higher. My number five oh, is... Man. My number five so is... So many good ones. There's a lot when you think about it. There's a lot that you know, too. My number five is Meow Mix. Meow 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 meow. You can still do that today, and that commercial probably hasn't been on the on TV in ten years. Man, there's so many good ones. Like it's really, we should have done a top ten of this because there's. I mean, there's just so many. There's a bunch of good ones. Okay, to number four. The best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. I thought I left them off of my list, but I thought about putting them as number one because that's that is very memorable. I I would say that though there are many that could be number one, I I would bet that you and I probably have the same number one. Depends. We'll see. Depends. Folgers is definitely way up there. It's easily top ten. My number four. I put it up there only because it catches in my head, but I don't even actually know what they do. But it's such a good one that I still know what it is. It's 1-800-EMPIRE. 1-800-EMPIRE. And I don't even know what the company is. Like, I don't even know what they do, but I know their slogan. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I... I, I want to pretend that I know, but I'm not even entirely sure that I know. But you know the slogan, but you have no idea what the company even does. Of course, yeah. 1-800-EMPIRE. Of course. I mean, everyone knows it, right? Empire. What Empire. do they do? What do you think their industry is? Uh, I'm going to go on a whim here and say cleaning services. Close. Close. I could see that. That's that could be a common misconception. Flooring and carpet. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they got yeah. the guy, the animated guy that like pulls the flooring back. One eight hundred looks like Stan Lee, but with a big head. Yeah, yeah. One eight hundred Empire. Okay, to number three. Uh, taking this one back here, but uh, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. You're gonna have that as number three. Not doesn't deserve to be on the list. Oh, too high, too low. I don't know. I don't know. We'll just have to see. My number three is a tie because I couldn't decide which one should go, but I think that they all should be in the third position. My number three is basically cereal. Lucky Charms, Frosted Flakes, they're great. Fruit Loops, follow your nose. Like all three of those cereals are just classic, classic yeah, uh, things. I wasn't even thinking of uh, Tony the Tiger. I mean, that's that's another one that could easily be top, like, could be one, two, three, four, five by itself. What's Lucky Charms is? Do you know Lucky Charms off the top of your head? Um, yeah, I uh, mag- they're magically delicious. Though. Magically delicious. Five. Of those three, though, Lucky Charms, Frosted Flakes, and Fruit Loops, which one do you think should be? Which one do you think is the best? Probably uh, Tony Tiger. Yeah. Worst cereal, but best slogan. I would say best cereal out of that group and maybe the best slogan, though I didn't have it as my number five. I would say Lucky Charms is probably the best cereal of that group and probably the best slogan, Magically Delicious. They got the most to work with. Various colors, different flavors, different shapes. It's really the most, you know, it's got a lot to work with more than the other ones. To number two. Uh, give me a break. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. The only reason that I didn't put them on the list is because I don't think they use that anymore. 
They went with yeah, the right I mean, Twix, left Twix thing, which everybody probably is confused as to why they're doing that. And they're like, you still haven't given that bad idea up? Oh, I didn't see. I didn't even know that that was the the new slogan. I I guess I still assume that this was the slogan that Kit Kat uses. My number two, Ricola. <laughs> yeah, Ricola. I mean that's Ricola. <laughs> so annoying though. It is Ricola. annoying, but also you like it. Yeah, I could throw annoying. in there too, Red Robin. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> oh, there's a. Th- I didn't know there was another part to it. Yeah, that's the part after Red Robin. Yum. Oh, I don't listen to anything <laughs> after Red Robin. What's your number one? Yum. Um, ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving it. I think that that probably, honestly, is number one. But I didn't put it as number one. My number one is Toys R Us. I'm a big kid now. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. There's a million Toys or Toys R Us that I can play with. From bikes to trains to video games. Don't know the rest of it. You're, nope, you're solo. I'm proud of you because I have no idea where you're going with this. Bikes to trains to video games. I don't know the rest of it. But that's a pretty good one. You didn't right. put the Toys R that Only because, like, didn't yeah, McDonald's have a... Yeah, Toys my number four. But didn't McDonald's have a different slogan before I'm loving it? I mean, maybe, but that's all I remember the slogan as. I'm loving I it? I feel like, yeah, but it's it's more so the ba-da-ba-ba-ba than I'm loving it. Oh, but especially is it that guy who they've got who does it, who does it very well. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You, you know one that, uh, that I love that is in my honorable mention? Arby's. We have the meats. That one's it's that that could be an up and comer, right? But it just can't quite break through because it's Arby's. Yeah. Like if Arby's didn't just suck ass or still had the five for five, which was the fan best oh, food deal that you could possibly ever find. What's in your honorable Great. mention? Uh, let's see here. Uh oh, SpaghettiOs. Okay. Uh, a, a couple of insurance ones. Uh, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah. Nationwide is on your side. I actually did some research, and apparently, according to some marketing website, that is actually number one. Like, people recognize that more than any other slogan. But it's just not, like, it's not cool. Yeah, it's, I guess it's catchy. Um, uh, This is my favorite, probably, currently, is Liberty, 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 because the commercials are... They're funny. They're just catchy. Is that the thing with the emu? Emu? Yeah. Yeah. Emu. Okay. Emu. Uh, clap on, clap off. Uh, oh, be that's all a good that one. You can, be all that you can be, the army. Um, I don't recall if you... If, no, you did Red Robin. What's the this Coast Guard saying? Does anybody know what the Coast Guard saying is? The army is be all you can be. The few, the proud, the something is the Marines. Yeah, the brave, maybe. What's Navy's slogan? Well, while you're looking that up. uh, Okay, keep going. I want my baby back, baby back, chilies, baby back ribs, barbecue sauce. That was great, too. There is no official motto for the U.S. Navy. They don't have a... Oh, you are tomorrow. You are the Navy. You are the Navy full speed ahead. What's their most current one? What do they got? What do they got? Full speed ahead, Captain. That's a pretty good one. Oh, my God. And they've got it. Yeah, nobody knows what the Coast Guards is. (laughs) Well, we still love all you veterans out there regardless. America's Uh, Navy forged by the sea. That's not good. No, why would you want to be forged by the sea? Accelerate your life. I remember that one. Hmm. I remember that one. What about this one? Every kiss begins with K. That was on my honorable mention, too. Every kiss begins with K. And then the last one I have, Ch-ch-ch-chia. That's a good one. I don't have any ones that you didn't have. 
that are right on there. Like I thought about Nikes, but Nike never really – I mean just do it, but that's a motto. That's not necessarily like a jingle, right? Yeah, I mean uh, there's also the Huggies. I think it's oh, Huggies. that's the one I had on my honorable mention. Uh, what is it? Like I'm a big boy now. I'm, I'm a, a big, big kid, kid now. now. Yeah. That's or like uh, you can tell I have plenty of these. Uh, $5 foot long, the subway – Slogan for a minute. Has any spokesperson ever ruined a business more than that Jared guy <laughs> from Subway? He tanked that whole fucking business. I mean, they're still around, right? They're not dead or they're not like bankrupt. I think they actually have more restaurants than anybody else. I think there's actually like more Subways than there are McDonald's. Oof. Well, but the still, quality of food is a lot better at uh, Subway, I'm sure. Supposedly. So, yeah, supposedly. Not the people. Boof. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's end on that one then. Okay. That's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe. Leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. We love hearing from people. And let us know what you think are some of the best ad jingles. It's hard to beat McDonald's. Just, I think everybody knows why. But if there's some other ones that just get stuck in your head, let us know what they are. 